1: The Wellness Community and Gilda's Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. The impact of a cancer diagnosis is felt on every level, a physical level, financial level, and emotional level, and While the treatment received from an oncologist helps to heal and treat cancer at the physical level, there's also great importance in healing emotionally throughout the cancer journey. Finding social and emotional support is at the core of the cancer support community's mission and something we think is an incredibly crucial part of the cancer experience. We've talked a lot about various types of support, where to find it, how to provide it, but on this episode, we're going to talk about how to create it for yourself through meditation and mindfulness and find joy despite facing the harsh realities of cancer. Joining us today to talk about mindfulness and finding joy is Julia Wick. Julia is a licensed clinical mental health counselor and co-creator of the Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy campaign. Julia provides education, supportive counseling, and experiential practice, experiential practice to patients and caregivers to help them address emotional and psychosocial issues. Julia began working with cancer survivors and patients after her mother passed away from breast cancer in 2001. Thank you for being with us today, Julia.
2: Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Great, well, we're gonna get started and jump right in. Julia, I wanna start today by having you share your journey. Can you tell us what led you uh, to beginning the Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy initiative?
2: Yeah, sure. So, uh, as you mentioned, I'm a psychotherapist, and I have been for many years, um, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2006, and this was five years after losing my mother to breast cancer in 2001, which you mentioned, and so, Kim, this had a profound impact on me, and uh, then I decided to shift my focus and work with people facing cancer. Um, So I now work in an uh, outpatient oncology clinic in my home state of Vermont. And so over the years, I began to see a need and how people were benefiting from learning specific strategies and tangible tools uh, that helped them cope and in many ways grew from their experience. Um, So I started developing a self-care program uh, to bring this to a wider audience. And meanwhile, uh, my friend and colleague, Dr. Ted James he's a surgical oncologist, he was noticing often dramatic differences in how his patients were experiencing a diagnosis and how it affected their lives. Uh, so one person with a great prognosis, and yet uh, the shadow of their diagnosis would take away their well-being, and another patient patient uh, with even perhaps an advanced disease or uncertain future, they were living life to the fullest. So. We were on parallel tracks. He was thinking Mm -hmm. about the idea of Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy, and I was developing my self-care program, Um, so we were supporting each other, and then one day we said, let's join forces, and so from there we formed Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy.
1: So tell us what that is, Julia, Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy. What is that?
2: Yeah, so both Dr. James and I feel passionately. We feel really strongly about this mission. And our goal, Kim, is to help people find balance, reconnect with joy, and maintain joy on the cancer journey. And, of course, this is a difficult thing to do for many people. Uh, we offer tools and strategies for self-care, uh, really so that people can, going to, uh, can go through cancer walking the path a little bit easier. And we want to reach as many people as we can with the message that cancer doesn't have to define their experience and joy doesn't have to be put on hold, that well-being is always possible. So really our main goal is that people feel connected and less alone uh, and that they're inspired to live a more joyful life.
1: And you're saying that people can live well and live with joy even through a cancer experience?
2: Absolutely. Yep. And this is what we've seen, yes.
1: So tell us, how exactly, Julia, does this initiative help people impacted by cancer? What, what resources, you know, does it provide? Drill down for us.
2: Well, yeah, so we know that stress, worry, uncertainty, these can persist long after the initial diagnosis and treatment is over, and that's all normal. But sometimes the distress caused by worrying about the cancer can actually have more of an impact than the, than the cancer itself could ever have. So, Kim, we want to help people access joy and feel empowered on the journey rather than depleted by the stress of it. And, you know, we see joy as a combination of two things, two-pronged, if you will. So on the one side, is joy as an active practice. And, you know, I'll be talking more about this as we go along here. Um, but that is paying attention and bringing it into your experience, so bringing joy. And that can be even small moments, moments of joy. So it's choosing the joyful moments. So, and then on the other side is joy as a natural byproduct of living an intentional life with a sense of purpose and compassion. And I will say, compassion is really key when you're going through the cancer experience. Um, so, we found that when people have something positive they can focus on to put their energy toward, This helps them gain a sense of control in an otherwise uncontrollable situation. And so much of the cancer experience is is out of one's control. That's a big, big stressor. Um, So when they can gain a sense of control, then anxiety and stress goes down. Uh, And so you asked about resources, Kim. So we have a website, and we offer practical resources, including our up-and-running blog, and we call it Joy Tips. uh, And that has information from us, uh, guest blog posts from other professionals, but most importantly, we highlight personal stories of people impacted by cancer. Um, so that's going to be the main focus of our blog going forward. And we're also going to have videos, meditations. I hope to do a podcast, um, and we'll have ebooks. And uh, Kim, Dr. James, and I also do talks and workshops, and we really love doing that. So, um, so yeah, that's what we offer.
1: And so, is this is this is this something that people can? access right now it's something that people access today do they need to go through a course or a workshop or training or is it is it is it simply available to anyone
2: yeah it's available to anyone we're up and running we are at uh, don't com, um, and we do have some you know blog posts already up there and people can access that haven't gotten meditations up there yet but I'm planning to so um, absolutely and we have a Facebook page as well Um, so Mm -hmm. yes people can access that now
1: Julia, just take a minute to, for for those who might not know or or really understand, just take a minute to talk about what what meditation is.
2: Yeah, so meditation is, um, there are many ways that one can practice meditation. I know you mentioned mindfulness in the beginning, and um, actually mindfulness has been found to be very effective for people with um, cancer. Um, And... One can meditate in many ways, and so with mindfulness, it is really about present moment awareness. Um, paying attention in the moment. Actually, John Kabat Zinn, you and probably your listeners are aware of John Kabat Zinn, I would imagine. He's the founder of the Mindfulness Based Stress Reduction Program. Um, and I share him here because this has been shown to benefit cancer patients. Uh, And his definition, Kim, is awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment nonjudgmentally. So this is really key because it is being with things as they are in the present moment. Um, And so we can talk more more about mindfulness now or as we go along, but uh, mindfulness is about present moment awareness, being awake and aware. And what that does, Kim, it's really powerful because it helps... Um, it helps relieve the worry and anxiety that comes. And anxiety is probably the biggest emotional stressor that people have going through cancer. So when we are anywhere but here, anywhere but in the present moment, worry and anxiety can take hold. That sort of what if. Um, You may have heard that uh, depression is living in the past and anxiety is living in the future. Um, When we can be here in the present moment, it actually gives us a respite from the worry. So, mindfulness meditation is probably the biggest you know thing I can talk about. But many other ways to meditate, also many other ways to practice mindfulness. Simply bringing your awareness to what you're doing right here, right now, and that can alleviate a lot of stress for people.
1: Julia, for some of our for some of our listeners, that might seem counterintuitive. This idea of maintaining joy through cancer you know people think oh my gosh cancer is so devastating it's the worst thing that ever happened to me it's a you know this lady's talking about joy you know and in cancer and i'm getting chemo and i'm getting surgery and and you know how do we convince folks that it is possible to find joy through cancer
2: yeah i mean absolutely that's a great question and i am not here to say la 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 joy just turn your attention to joy um Mm -hmm. i am here to say turn your attention toward yourself toward what you need um, you know if you're newly diagnosed really focus on uh, assembling your team of support going one step at a time these things are really important paying attention to your emotions uh, to your emotions in the beginning when you were introducing this show you were talking about the emotional impact it's huge and it can feel like an emotional roller coaster for people um And so joy may seem elusive, right? It may seem really, really far away. Begin to focus on your needs and self-care and being present for yourself. And when you can be present for yourself and really pay attention, and I mentioned compassion before, you know, compassion can reduce your suffering. And so, Kim, these are all steps toward joy. And I will also say joy doesn't have to be the big you know, all-encompassing thing. It can be the small, tiny moment of just feeling a shift away from the angst and mm-hmm. feeling a little bit of lightness or a little bit of brightness. It might be seeing your baby smile or the sun shining on your face in that moment of joy. Um, and so it's really about paying attention to your self-care and then noticing the moments of joy. I think that's the, the, the key piece. And letting one step the next you know toward toward joy so yeah i, I hear you I, I and i can't imagine people are saying no 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 way um <laughs> it is possible yes it is i'm here to say that it is possible
1: Yes. yeah yep. julia we've got about a minute until our first break here but what has the reaction been so far to this initiative what are you what are you hearing
2: yeah. So, Kim, we are so excited about this initiative and the response. We started to receive really great feedback. What we've seen already this year is so encouraging, you know, even for an early program like ours. So, we have a lot of interest nationally from people in the field. In fact, one person, uh, you'll see that on our blog. We've gotten great feedback from our talks, really positive comments from our audience, um, both at the time of our workshop and later. And uh, we're just really excited about it. We we want to create a thriving community where people can come and feel supported and welcomed, connected with others and inspired with the message that you are not alone and joy is always possible. And you know, as long as we're doing that, we'll keep going. And so far, mm-hmm. so far, so good. We've gotten great feedback. We're very, very happy about it.
1: Fantastic. This is yeah. Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're talking with Julia Wick who's a uh, mental health counselor and co-creator of a new initiative called Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy. We've got a lot to discuss with Julia and we're really going to dig in on this idea of, uh, of mindfulness, of meditation, and, and uh, how you can uh, become a part of this initiative and find ways to not let cancer steal your joy. This is Frankly speaking about cancer. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We will be right back.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle coworkers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed.
4: Or call 617-733-5848.
3: You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
1: Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tiboldo. Today's show is sponsored in part by Bristol-Myers Squibb, NovoCure, and Taiho Oncology. We're joined today by Julia Wick, co-creator of the Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy initiative. Julia, let's start by talking about the stresses that can come along with a cancer diagnosis. What 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 stresses do you hear from others most often?
2: Yeah, we can't talk about cancer without talking about stress, can we?
1: Yeah, no, it's a, no.
2: Yeah, it's a very, very stressful and disruptive experience. I was walking down the hall just last week with someone, a gentleman, and he turned to me and he said, well, it isn't normal land. So mm. normalcy goes out the window, you know, the rug gets pulled out. So there are lots of stresses, logistical and practical issues, and you know, you're entering a new world. And many people are unfamiliar with the medical environment, and so... You know, all these medical appointments and understanding your diagnosis, that alone um, can be so overwhelming with medical jargon and trying to wrap your head around what's happening. Um, and then balancing work and taking care of the family and child care. Financial issues, Kim, is a huge stressor and burden yeah. for many yeah. people worrying like, how am I going to pay the bills if I can't work? Um, yeah. Side effects of treatment and hair loss is a big stressor for many people. Sleep issues um, can impact uh, people's lives. Pain and fatigue, limitations, especially if going through treatment—you know, I can't do the same things I, you know, I, I'm normally able to do. That's very, very hard for people. And the list goes on and on. It's—it's it's really about a lack of control that comes with the diagnosis, and you know, this leads to a sense of helplessness. And uh, you know, we call this cancer chaos. It's that whirlwind of pandemonium surrounding the diagnosis. It's really about having to rearrange your life for something you didn't choose. And that's really, really
1: tough. Yeah. Yeah. And we hear folks talk about that, that loss of control. And also, I think, a loss of hope. Um, You know, like you said, they're really derailed, right? You know, they have plans (laughs) and things get derailed. And, And I think also we hear a lot of times from folks, a sense of isolation, um, yeah you know,
2: absolutely yeah. it's a huge yeah. huge and isolation in two ways. there's social isolation and emotional isolation. So uh, the social isol- isolation is that you know your life gets completely disrupted and turned around and you're not you're not in your routine, you're not seeing the you know your, the people you normally see and then emotional isolation you can go within and, and not talk about your emotional experience and how it's feeling. And so yeah isolation is huge. And that's why, you know, we were talking in the first segment, you know, our whole point is you are not alone. And, and I also want to really, um, you know, say it is important to assemble your team, and that is family and friends and also your medical team who really wants to uh to help so yeah Yeah. i agree
1: with you yeah and and i think also julia your your support team because you know we've certainly heard some folks say look i have a great family i have great friends i have a great support system but they just don't understand really what i'm going through you know and so connecting with you know support groups with with others who are going through the same thing with professionals folks like you you know professionals who who can really uh you know understand the experience in a different way
2: would you you agree with that I agree with that wholeheartedly, and it's so funny you bring that up, because just last week, I kid you not, I I sat with three people who, they were nearing the end of treatment, so the end of treatment was coming, and they were actually finding themselves feeling increasingly anxious and fearful and increasingly sad, and so their Mm. family members were saying, yay, you know, you're almost done treatment. This is great. And they were feeling like, oh, my gosh, something's wrong with me because they don't, they, as in they, my support system, they don't really understand what's happening. So Mm. they were feeling sad about uh, leaving these, um, you know, their medical providers, the infusion nurses, the people they had actually grown very close to. Um, And then it's a time that fear can creep in as well, fear and anxiety, Um, because when you're in the midst of treatment, in the middle of treatment, you're doing something proactive and this is very empowering and, you know, can feel, again, giving you that sense of control we talked about earlier. Um, And so this is a time that can be very stressful for people. And so, yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Sometimes people who haven't been through it or who aren't going through it currently don't fully understand the, the full impact um, emotionally on somebody. So yes, yes, yeah. agree. Um, and that,
1: party. and that, yeah, and that. I think that we've heard a lot about that post-treatment piece, right? Making that transition from patient to survivor. Like you said, folks say, "Yay, you know, you're you're done, you're cured, great." But there, that can be a very difficult transition, and you you kind of lose, the, like you said, you lose that safety net. We've heard folks say it feels like you're falling off a cliff, and yeah. you're One you're still dealing. That exactly.
2: Yeah. Me.
1: She said, "I feel and like I'm still, being
2: pushed off. Yeah. A cliff.
1: It's so exactly, true. Exactly right. Pushed right out the door. And 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 yep. patients say they're still dealing with so many, both physical and emotional and yep. psychological issues. But yet, that the safety net and the infrastructure is gone. Right?
2: Yeah. And then the support system, sort of. You know, the 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 meals stop coming, and then the people go back to their lives. Of course. And and so yeah, you're sort of left. Right. This in this place of well, what do I do now? Um, so yeah. So that can be a really tough." time for people. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, Julie, when we talk about those stresses, what are what are some of the common sort of emotional responses to those stresses and, and how do you manage those responses?
2: Yeah. You know, it is such an emotional time. Lots of emotion surface. Anywhere from, you know, diagnosis to well after treatment. People often feel like they're on a roller coaster and that's sort of part of that cancer chaos I talked about. So, sadness, um, and grief, you know, some people feel like once they've been diagnosed with cancer, you know, my life as I knew it is over, at least for now. So grief is in there with change, um, depression, anxiety is very common, fear and worry, fear of occurrence can creep in. Um, anger is also very normal. Some people find themselves feeling angry. And, of course, that uh, isolation that we talked about, Um and then also there's that sense of vulnerability. One person said to me recently, she said, I feel like I've lost my personhood. So mm. there's a sense of vulnerability as well. And, you know, then, as we talked about before, that sense of helplessness that can come with the loss of control, that's huge. And so, you know, to be emotional is to be human, right? So I, what I tell people is honor your emotions. It's all normal. It's not about containing or avoiding it's about letting yourself feel whatever you feel. Emotions are fluid. You know, they flow in and they flow out. And and when we're in the middle of emotional angst or upset, we forget that, right? We, we think that's all there is. It's never going to get better. So it's really important to let your emotions come and then let them flow in and release them. Um, and one person said to me, and I thought this was poignant, she said to me, she said, you can experience joy more completely when you've experienced the depths of sorrow and despair. So I just thought that was really poignant because it's true, you know, knowing that sorrow and despair, that's part of the cancer journey too. But you can let the storm come knowing it will pass. So that's really mm. important. Honor where you are on the emotional journey. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's that, that, that range of emotions. And I, and I would imagine that those, some of those emotional responses that you talk about can, can get in the way of experiencing the joy, really, that we're talking about, right? Don't yep. let cancer steal your, your joy. So how, how, how do people get a place where they can start to remove those, those blocks, those barriers to the joy that they're trying to seek?
2: Yeah, so true, right? I mean, many things can keep us from experiencing joy, the stress that comes, you know, all the emotions. So when we're feeling like this, so you're right, how do we get from here to joy, so I guess, Kim, I, w- I would talk about three things. First, I would say, you know, ask yourself, what's blocking my path? So you want to uh, identify what's getting in the way if you can and make a plan. So the good news is with stress, you can do something about it and take the reins back. And that's because stress is an internal response to what's happening. So it's how we interpret what's happening that causes the stress not the event itself. And so when people really get that, that they can, they can take charge of their self-care. They may not be able to control the cancer. You may not be able to control the cancer, but you can do something about your self-care, right? So that mm-hmm. can be very empowering for people and can help them begin to move forward. And the, other, the, the second thing I'd say, Kim, is I would ask people, what has gotten you through tough times in the past? So mm-hmm. we forget that we've gone through difficulties in the past. We have inner strength and resilience. So you can tap into that inner strength and resilience, looking to how you coped in the past. Um, And then what I also want to say here, Kim, and this is really important, and that is acceptance. So with this emotional roller coaster, it's very challenging, fear creeps back in, emotions come rolling back. Um, Acceptance doesn't mean you have to like it. You know, who, who wants to accept they have a cancer diagnosis? No way, no how. Acceptance means you acknowledge what is. It means you're letting go of what you can't control. So I had a woman tell me not too long ago, she said, I finally looked at the fact that I have cancer, and I said, I'm here. I have to recognize this is happening. So she Mm. was resisting, and this actually helped her move forward because what we resist persists. So much of our emotional angst comes from resisting what's happening so we can stay stuck in that cancer chaos so when we can begin to accept where we are then the emotional angst goes down and then we can walk the journey forward a little bit easier and that can then ha- help us navigate those blocks and the path forward
1: becomes clear mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's um, important too yeah absolutely yeah. so Julia we're coming up on uh, coming up on our next um, uh, you know, on our next break here and we're going to get into, uh, you know, in the next segment, I, I, I want to, I want to explain, I want to explain to folks what, you know, I want to talk a little bit about meditation and about mindfulness. And I, I, you know, some folks know what these things are. Some folks don't. Maybe we can even do a little, you know, maybe a little mini meditation so we can, you know, maybe folks listening can kind of understand, uh, uh w- you know, what that is a little bit and how to find that. And I also want to maybe talk about some resources, places where folks can, um, Uh, folks can find some of these solutions that we're talking about i certainly want to talk a little bit about uh about your initiative don't let cancer steal your joy where folks can find that uh you know obviously want to talk about some of the things that are happening at the cancer support community but also let folks know about some of the other places where they can find the kind of solutions uh the kind of path you know that we're talking about and find the kind of uh you know, answers really where they can where they can explore some of these issues um, and and find the ways to, to to get those barriers out of the way, identify and process some of these issues that we're talking about. Um, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We are talking with Julia Wick. She's a licensed clinical mental health counselor. She's the co-creator of a great initiative called "Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy," and we are talking about finding joy sort of with, through, and beyond cancer, and finding ways. Uh, to really find and experience that joy through the cancer experience. We've got a lot more to talk about with Julia. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right
3: back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. People living with
4: breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help. And many of the people in their lives want to help, but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Trains, sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar, to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific Meal Trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org.
2: Cancer, it's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help.
3: Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials
2: with finances and access to care. All behind you of Breakaway from Cancer, created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer.
3: Step into a healthier you. Voice America health and wellness.
0: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
1: We're back with Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's show is sponsored in part by AstraZeneca, Lilly Oncology and Insight Corporation. I'm your host, Kim Tebaldo. We're talking with Julia Wick. Julia is the co-creator. Of the Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy initiative. Julia, I want to focus this segment on the importance of meditation, but I want to start first by talking about mindfulness. What is mindfulness exactly?
2: Yeah, that's a really great question, because mindfulness can be a very important tool for people going through cancer. So John kabat um, he's the founder of the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, which maybe many of your listen- listeners have heard about. Um, he started this in 1979 at the University of Massachusetts Medical School to help people dealing with chronic pain, and lo and behold, he found that it can, can uh, help many, many, many people, and, and uh, it does for cancer patients. Um, and so his definition, Kim... Uh, I think I said it in the first segment. It's, it's probably worth saying it again because it's really important.
1: Yes. The definition
2: yes. of um, mindfulness is awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment non-judgmentally. So that's really being with things as they are in the present moment. And, you know, worry takes up so much space in our mind, right? When we are anywhere but here, anxiety and fear can creep in. I think I spoke about that earlier. So the wonderful thing about mindfulness is it helps you get off the hamster wheel of that anxious or what-if thinking, you know, back into right here, right now. helps us be awake to our lives as it's happening rather than lamenting what happened in the past or didn't happen or worrying about what's going to happen or could happen. So it gives us a respite from the worry. And Thich Nhat Hanh, he's a a famous Buddhist monk. Maybe many people have heard of him. I love this quote. His quote is, life is available only in the present moment. And Mm. really, isn't that the truth? And the the future is just a series of now moments. And so if we can stay in the now, then we can let go of the worry about the future a little bit. So, so how does somebody practice
1: mindfulness, Julia?
2: Yeah, so so Kim, really the number one um, strategy, there are many ways to practice mindfulness, but the number one, the most easily accessible, is to focus on your breath. Our breath is accessible to us. It's at our disposal at all times. We forget about that. Um, when you come back to your breath, it can be an anchor to steady you when that stress and anxiety hits you know, coming back to our breath grounds us in the present moment. Again, sort of like where the future and past don't exist, right? So I like to think of this as breathing yourself into the moment. And so that's probably the, the number one um, way to practice mindfulness. And there's also a mindfulness check-in. Actually, many of my patients really, really enjoy this one. Um, and that's really paying attention to what's happening inside of you, starting with your breath, So you're focusing on your breath, going over your body sensations, um, shifting to your thoughts, just noticing your thoughts, noticing your emotions, sensing your whole self. So it's a nice way to check in with yourself. And again, I use the word grounding us in the present moment. And any time you can check in with yourself and go inside, pay attention, you're grounding in the moment of right now.
1: Okay. uh, Yeah. 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 Can you take a can you take a minute, Julia, and do a little exercise for our listeners? Is that possible? Sure. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to.
2: Yeah, so I would just invite people to find themselves in a comfortable position. Maybe put your feet flat on the floor. Close your eyes if you'd like. Take a nice deep breath here. Perhaps shrug your shoulders and then let them drop. And so bring yourself to the present moment by focusing on your breath. Noticing the inhale and the exhale. Perhaps noticing the coolness of the air coming in through your nostrils and the warmth going out. Paying attention to how you're breathing. Maybe your belly is moving or your chest is rising and falling. Just letting your breath be what it is, no need to change anything. Just being with your breath. And if your mind wanders, that's okay, that's normal. Just bring your focus back to your breath, allowing your breath to find its own natural rhythm, recognizing that you can come here anytime. Any time to ground you in the present moment, we're all as well. Breathing in, I am calm. Breathing out, I relax. Maybe taking another two breaths here. And then just coming back. So that can be just a brief
3: mm, way yeah.
2: to, yeah, coming back to your breath.
1: I mean, I think what you're showing Julia is this is something that's just accessible to anybody, really.
2: It, it really is anybody, any time as well. Yeah. People think they think they have to sit, which is wonderful. Doing a sitting meditation, so taking yeah. ten minutes, thirty minutes, whatever it is, and right. yes, that's fantastic. But. You can even do walking meditation. You can, mm. you can do mindfulness while you're washing the dishes, paying mm. attention to the warm, soapy water over your hands. I have, you know, I have one gentleman who tells me he practices mindfulness while he's fishing. He visualizes mm. reeling himself back into the now with a fishing pole. He says, I mm. reel myself back into the now and my worries dissipate. So you can mm. choose any activity you normally do. And bring your full attention there, allowing it to ground you into right now. So you're really paying attention to everything that's happening.
1: So, Julia, what's the difference between mindfulness and meditation?
2: Well, yeah, that, that is a great question. So mindfulness is really, again, the present moment awareness. Um, and there are other meditation techniques, including visual imagery. Um, mm-hmm. That is where you visualize Uh, a peaceful scene um, using all five senses. So you use all five senses to bring yourself to that place. Um, So so that is um, inviting what's called the relaxation response. Um, And you can also do deep abdominal breathing, similar to what we were doing, but really bringing the breath fully into your belly to, again, promote what's called the relaxation response. Mindfulness is about being present with yourself no matter what's happening. You're not needing to change anything. You're not necessarily trying to create relaxation. It's a a little complicated, but hopefully I can articulate it. Relaxation is often a byproduct of mindfulness. These other techniques are uh, specifically to elicit the relaxation response, this Mm -hmm. visual imagery. Progressive muscle relaxation is another great strategy. And that's where you tense and release different muscle groups from head to toe or toe to head. I'd like to go head to toe. Um, and then you find yourself, you know, like jelly afterwards. Um, tai Chi is another meditation technique. Yoga um, is another way to meditate. Um, so, yeah, they're all, it's, it, that's a great question. And it, uh, what I would say to people is find what works for you. Anything that can give you Rest uh, respite, you know, mm. a space for yourself so that you're not on that sort of hamster wheel or anxiety, what-if thinking. Um, mm-hmm. And just take a moment to go inside and be present for yourself. So, again, yoga for some people, uh, that's a great way to do it. Um, walking mm. meditation, just really being aware of the sights and sounds, bringing yourself fully into the moment. Um there's lots of different ways. I, ha- I have a guided imagery exercise I-, I do with my audiences when I give my talks. It's called mm. Tapping Into Your Joy. Um, so that's, again, a guided imagery exercise. And, and hopefully I'll have that up on my website at some point. I don't yet, but hopefully I will. Nice. So, yeah, nice.
1: lots of
2: different, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Julia, as we get towards the, the uh, end of this segment, can you, can you just take a step back and talk a little bit more about, you know, sort of the process that folks go through, and particularly that, that step around acceptance? You you talked about that a little bit. Can you just expand on that for a minute?
2: Yeah. You know, and again, I'm going to say right at the start that acceptance is a really tough, tough thing. So when, yeah. you're, when you're standing here, when you're in this place of, oh, I don't want to be here, right? And, we're, and we all get to that um, many times. You sort of keep yourself in that. Again, I use that word, cancer chaos. You keep yourself in that emotional angst. So you say, oh, I don't want to be here. I want to be over there. But you can't really move forward until you accept, okay, I am here. Like the woman who said, I finally accepted I have cancer, I'm here. And then she could take the step forward. So when I talk about acceptance, I don't want to be giving the message uh, that, you know, well, you just have to accept and, you know, all is well. It's not really like that. It is being present with what is and just acknowledging, okay, mm-hmm. this is happening. Now, how can I wrap my head around this so I can move forward? And being here saying, yes, I am here now, can actually help you then take the next step. And that's key. And one step at a time, again, is really key. Um, Acceptance is, is very, very important on the cancer journey. It's also very powerful. It can be empowering because you say, okay, I'm here. I want to be over there. I'm here now. Uh, mm. Now I can take the next step. And then I can take the
1: next step. So, really, um, so it's quite different from sort of resignation.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In fact, yes, you're right. It kind of sounds counterintuitive, right? No, it is not resignation. Yeah. It, is, it, it is actually empowering. Because mm-hmm. you say, okay, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Now what can I do? And again, we yeah. talked about the self-care, that loss of control that comes with cancer. Well, right. there are things I can do now so that the next step is easier for myself. This is where I'm standing now. I can
1: take the next step. So, Right. It's freeing. Yeah. It's liberating. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Liberating. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't let cancer steal your joy is a new initiative that was developed by Julia Wick. She's a licensed clinical mental health counselor. Uh, This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We've got more to cover on the show with Julia. We're going to take a quick break. We've got uh, some uh, closing questions for Julia in our final segment. Uh, I'm Kim Thiboldo. We will be right back. Don't go away.
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. I'm Nick Nicolaides, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Communities Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company Azi are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer
0: every day. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle coworkers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
1: We're back with Franklin Speaking About Cancer. Today's show is sponsored in part by Celgene Corporation, EMD Serono, and Takeda Oncology. I'm your host, Kim Baldo. We're closing out our show on finding joy and using mindfulness throughout the cancer experience with Julia Witt, co-creator of the Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy initiative. Julia, as we close out the show today, can you speak to the importance of self-care, as well as some tips for our listeners around self-care?
2: Yeah, Kim, self-care is so, so important on a cancer journey. Even though so much is is out of your control, you can gain some control by making decisions and prioritizing your self-care. This helps you take the reins back. So it helps you take ownership of your experience, um, so then when people can take ownership of their experience, you know, they have a say in what's happening, and that can be very, very empowering. Um, Kim, self-care also helps to, uh, to build uh, physical and emotional reserves, right? So then that helps you handle the challenges that come, feel less depleted and more fulfilled. And, you know, it's really about filling your tank, right? And you can't give from an empty vessel. It's so easy to give to others. People come in my office, they're in the middle of a cancer experience, and they're thinking about others, which is very important. And you can't give from an empty vessel. So, you know, when I when I give my talks, I will often ask the audience to reflect on what qualities they bring to their best friendship and then ask them to reflect on how they can bring those qualities to themselves. So it's really important to um, turn your attention inward Um, And it's a time to pay attention to your needs. And I would say, too, pay attention to your self-talk and how you're treating yourself. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, the
2: Dalai Lama, he talks about love and compassion. And we need to have this for others and for ourselves. And with cancer, it's especially important to treat yourself with loving kindness. I can't say enough about that. You know, this will go a long way toward easing your journey. So self-care is vital it's It's
1: absolutely vital on going through cancer, you know, Julia, what one of the things that i um that I hear from our folks around the country who are running you know support groups and running our programs is is um is helping folks find meaning in the cancer experience, right? There's a meaning making absolutely. you know aspect to it, which I always find, you know, to be, uh, you know, to be sort of fascinating, and I've been doing this for a long time. I was pretty young when I started, but I remember here just hearing it over and over again. A lot of folks saying that cancer was a wake up call for them. It was a wake up call yep. for them, and you know, and and that, you know that at a young age became sort of a wake up call for me, right? That I'm I'm going to make the right choices and 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 maybe do things a little bit differently, and and um, but it, but tell us a little bit about that and how. Folks, you know, maybe it is a wake-up call for folks, and they use it as a vehicle to maybe make different choices or or, or maybe reprioritize their lives.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely true. You see it all the time. Just today, probably two and a half hours ago even, I was talking with someone, and she had started to make changes in her family of origin, actually. Um, mm. in the way that she was communicating with them and she realized, you know, we walked away from our conversation and she said, well, I guess this is what cancer has done for me. You know, she was mm-hmm. reflecting on the changes that she had made in her life. And this happens a lot. It, it is true that it can really shift your priorities, um, and help you really tune into just that, just what you said, just what it, what is most meaningful. And, you know, it's really about, okay, how do I want my life to be moving forward? What can I take from this experience so that I can make good decisions for myself, that I can make, um, you know, choices that feel good, that feel empowering, so that I can do what I want to do with my life, so that I can find more joy? Um, It really is a, can be, a life-changing event for people. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Julia, I, I don't want to end the show without reminding people about where they can find out about the Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy initiative and any other advice you have for where folks can find resources to really get on this path.
2: Yeah, so thanks for asking so much. We have a website, Kim, and it's don'tletcancer.com. Um, no apostrophe, just don't like cancer.com. and people can go to our website and sign up for our newsletter. Um, there's also people could also email us and we would be delighted to get emails from folks. Um, our email address is hello at don't like cancer.com. Um, we, we'd love to hear from people. Uh, maybe people would like to share their stories. We may highlight it in an upcoming blog. Um, so yeah, we'd love to hear from people, uh, And thanks for asking that question. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Any other tips, Julia, where where people can go to find resources or uh, uh, get support? I know that a lot of, for example, in a lot of the hospitals, they have uh, social workers, support programs, counselors, other other tips.
2: Yeah, so, you know, I I do want to say, too, Check with your clinic, and and, and this is also, I didn't get a chance to say this, I want to make sure listeners know that, you know, if depression or anxiety is getting in the way, um, you can seek professional help through Um, a counselor such as myself or even a psychiatrist that can prescribe medication that could help. People often... Uh, benefit from that. You know, we know that uh, 29 to 43 percent of people with a cancer diagnosis experience significant psychological distress. So,
1: mm-hmm. if
2: that is any of your listeners, you are not alone. Um, and so, that can be really helpful. And you know, yes, there are always social workers in your clinic, and they can help you find resources. The social workers are awesome. In, ter- in terms of helping um, cancer patients connect with resources in, in their community. There are a lot of resources in their community, and uh, there may even be mindfulness meditation classes that are offered um, in the hospitals, in the clinic, or, or in the surrounding community. Um, so don't hesitate to ask. Ask, ask, ask. The people are there to help. Um, the social workers are fantastic. Put in a plug yeah. for them. They're great. great.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, Ju- yeah, Julia, it's been such a pleasure having you. On the show today, Julia Witt, co-creator of the "Don't Let Cancer Steal Your Joy" uh, initiative. We we have uh, just loved talking to you and and uh, hearing about the wonderful program and really getting some good tips uh, and advice for our listeners. I want to thank folks for joining us today on "Frankly Speaking About Your uh, Frankly Speaking About Cancer." I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo. I'm the CEO of the Cancer Support Community, and and uh, just to continue with. What Julia is saying at the Cancer Support Community, we do provide a multitude of in-person, online and over the phone support services. Uh, If you or someone you know is faced with a cancer diagnosis, you do not have to face cancer alone. We are here for you. In fact, we have uh, 47 centers around the country where you can walk through those doors and all of our services are free of charge. We have support groups, educational programs, nutrition, exercise, and a lot of the kinds of programs that Julia is talking about. We do have mindfulness, programs meditation relaxation and visualization guided imagery these programs are free of charge for anyone with any kind of cancer and also for the family members and and, uh, and loved ones of those facing cancer. We didn't even get to that, Julia, but so many of the family members and loved ones obviously are also facing a significant amount of, of distress and uh, anxiety, and our programs are also available for the family members and loved ones. So I would encourage folks to also visit our website at cancersupportcommunity.org to find a location. You can also call our helpline and talk to one of our counselors today if you want to grab a pen. That number is 888. 888- 793-9355. Again, that's 888-793-9355. Uh, you can also join the cancer support community in many ways. You can become an advocate by joining our grassroots advocacy network at cscadvocate.org. Uh, or you can share your own cancer experience by joining our Cancer Experience Registry, and that's at cancerexperienceregistry.org. I want to thank you again for listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer today. I'm Kim Tibaldo. Until next time, be well, do well, live well.